You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Blacklist After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Blacklist After Show. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome welcome, welcome to our uh, Blacklisters. <laughs> welcome to our Blacklist After Buzz After Show podcast on the Blacklist. I said five times. Uh, <laughs> what show is this? It's called The Blacklist. Blacklist. What's it about? It's about lists that are black. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're hosting? I know it. I know it all. <laughs> Trust me, Joe Braswell. That was, that was on multi level. I don't think it's about blacklist. Let me tell you, there, that, you was really deep. Deep. that was really uh, deep. That was really deep. That was burning down the house by Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which which is a, a great a great song to play, given what happened to Red's uh, family home, his out family in home, Bethesda mm-hmm. or Potomac or wherever that hell that was in suburban Maryland somewhere or somewhere. Maryland. But uh, that was that was very interesting. And uh, thanks, but hello everyone. Hello, uh, I'm joined here as always. By the lovely Julia Keerley. Hello, everybody. And by the equally, well, not quite equally, well, actually far from equally lovely Nanda Blasquez. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that as a positive. So hi, everybody. <laughs> and I'm Joe Brazel, of course, and we're not joined by Joe Sanfilippo, but I have a cup we here fired in his him. honor. We fired him. You know, he, I, I think we'll let him back next week, but okay. he's, 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 he's working out in, uh, I think, in Vegas. That's so, a long way to go for a gym. A tough gig. That's, that's a long awful. way. Working yeah. out? <laughs> yeah, it's a long way to go for a yeah. gym. And also, <laughs> ran there. Uh, helping us out on the ones and twos is Marissa Serafini, our, our wonderful producer engineer. What's up, guys? Hi, Marissa. <laughs> Hi. Um, no, no one cares but, but us in this room, but Marissa has an awesome video of her in high school. She's going to show us. I can't wait. After this, but we can't wait to see. Anyway, we, we, we digress as usual. Uh, Blacklist number <laughs> episode seven. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Frederick Barnes. Now, Frederick Barnes does not have a creepy name like the Courier or the you know, or like the last week or, or like last week's or, uh, uh, the, 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 the one that should not be mentioned. <laughs> no, no Zanatakos. Yeah, no. we don't want to go crazy there. Anyway, so. but uh, yeah, Zanatakos uh, <laughs> twice. <laughs> I'm going to do a count. The thing, the thing about Zanatakos <laughs> is... You know what? If San Filippo was here, it would have been 20 by now. The no. count would have been 20. Uh, so. Frederick, Frederick Barnes is, yeah. is is our guy. And Frederick Barnes is a far from menacing looking uh, blacklister. He's like a suburban dad. He looks kind of sweet. A banker. Yeah. He's very yeah. like, you know, sort of like okay, 80s, I, 80s suburban dad. There was a heart there somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. But he's but he's a he's a evil blacklister, which mm. we'll, which we'll get to in a second. I, I, I you know I, this was a um, I don't know about this episode. I, I actually actually enjoyed it before the, for the revelations. I think that um, it I don't know. It felt a little sort of uh, placeholdy, which you'll get these. I guess you'll get these sort of episodes. I want to. All I really want is something that's going to sort of advance the story and advance what we're doing every single week. And I felt like this one was sort of like. It was good, you know. It's, it's always good, but I feel like it just sort of like st- stuck there for a little bit. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really love it, but I did love some of the revelations we got, and I, I, as always, loved Spader. I don't know. What do you think of the episode, Jules? I, I agree with you. I didn't love it for the 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 procedural aspect of it. I didn't love the story, although I did enjoy that the that this blacklister Frederick Barnes was kind of a departure from the blacklisters we've seen in the past. He he wasn't. I don't know. He wasn't uh, super menacing. He didn't. Oh, Joe, you spilled. I just spilled like all over myself. And you look so handsome today. You know, I just I took one drink and it's all over. (laughs) I can't I know. take you anywhere. First you lost your red stapler, and now you spilled stuff all over yourself. <laughs> Amazing. So, you don't deserve nice things. I know. Thank, thank God <laughs> no one's watching us on YouTube right now. <laughs> Sorry. Do, uh, I need those people. TCR reports, by the way, by yes, I Saturday. Know. Red stapler. So, anyways, I found this blacklister to be almost a, a sympathetic character at times. Um, I don't know. It was just it was it had a different feeling for me this episode. Yeah. But I was really enjoying the the uh, overall story, the the, the the running story and the revelations that we had. So um I, I was kind of excited by some of that stuff. Nando? 
I disagree with both of you. Oh, I oh. completely disagree. This Shocking. was this was possibly my favorite episode for some reason. Really? I loved this episode. It took me. I, I had to watch it uh, this morning on Hulu because because okay. uh, my commitment on Monday nights. But it took me over two hours to probably watch this episode. A because the phone was going off the hook. I had to take some calls, but also because I just right. kept. I had to keep resetting like ten seconds, twenty seconds back because I loved the banter. The writing here was so awesome. Right. I I, I understand that you want to advance the the main you know the storyline, all the mysteries. But I thought this was a perfect little procedural. Uh, but it was really awesome. The stakes were high. It was really really amazing. Anyone who has not watched the first six episodes, who all of a sudden is like, let me try the blacklist could get everything out of this episode. I, I right. thought it was a really nice... Again, kind of you mentioned it in a way, but I, that's what I loved about this episode. It it, it was very simple um, to digest, yeah. and it was so many good moments and so crisp. Well, you need that. I mean, I, I that's I I need to watch it again because maybe I, you know I think that you could be right for once. But I, for me, I, I watched <laughs> it. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. No, I watched it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, okay, that happened. That was good. But but I think that like you're right because you know in these long sort of episodes, especially these these serialized things, mm. you kind of need something to sort of like not necessarily reset for everyone, but like a palate cleanser. Yeah, almost. like a palate cleanser, and also like to let remind people know that this is where we are, this is what's happening, this is who everybody is. Mm. Okay, now we can go forward. Because, you know, especially a network, you have new viewers, you have late viewers. I mean, you know, in our technology nowadays you can go back and, you know, go back and through, you know, on demand and D V R and Hulu and watch the first seven if you want. But some people are just jumping in. So I, I like the idea of this sort of the sort of a Place center. Yeah. Um, who or, wrote this? I, I'm trying to pull it. Was it was J.R. Orkey. J.R. Okay, because right. I, I can't find it right now on my, my iPad's a lot slow. No, it's reason. just J.R. Uh, O-R-C-I. I think it's Orsi. Orsi? Anyway. I, I just, so many awesome lines. I and again, it's like just crazy. such an awesome episode. So it kudos. was. There was a lot, a lot of great lines. And you know, you know, J.R.'s, you know, we know him from, uh, like, he, he, he's done a lot of alias, which, you know, we talk, I talked about how this has some sort of alias, uh, you know, with, with the. Uh, with Tom and Lizzie, kind of reminds me of Alias a little bit, but mm. he wrote an Alias for years. He wrote on Fringe. He wrote on um, on Hawaii Five O mm-hmm. recently. So he's here now, and and John Bolkencombs brought him on, and on uh, he does a great job. He actually wrote uh, the Wu Jing episode as well. Mm. So okay, and that was a great yeah. episode too. I love so that yeah, episode. so he's uh, he you know we, he, he's in good hands here. With uh, he seems to be very familiar with the world and the material, mm. uh, and also and you can tell that he's sort of a seasoned you know writer, like he's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, look, I, I think that what I really did love, which really did stand out to me is almost every, as always, is just every Spader scene. Spader had some mm. great lines and some great sort of dialogue and, uh, you know, and, and, and there, and there's a lot of like sort of, I like how they sort of clear, I'll get to this later when we talk about Lizzie, but I like, you know, we had a lot of complaints about Lizzie being this sort of rookie to the FBI and, and on these high, high stakes cases and, and in the, in the mix. And last week we had, um, wrestler call her out on being like, you know, only, only here for seven weeks. I've been here for seven, seven years. years. And then this week we had a sort of a big major plot point with her, you know, making a mistake in the field, making a tactical mistake that, that only, that only a rookie would make. And, uh, I thought that was a great, great thing to bring up and a great way to address it. I thought it was a great thing to bring up too because I've been so frustrated by. I, I mean, I'm I'm no FBI agent. Sure. I have not gone through the training, but I watch a lot of TV. Right. And watching a lot of TV, <laughs> I feel like I, I I I I'm an authority on this. And she <laughs> is a really bad FBI agent. Julie sometimes. Gary, author- TV authority. <laughs> um. So I was so happy yeah. to see her get called out and have some some real consequences for sure. her. St- Stupid moves sometimes. Yeah. I was watching that scene where she dropped her gun. I was like, you don't do that. Yeah. You don't do that. Yelling at the screen and moment, I, for yeah. sure. And I thought she was just going to get away with it like she does in every other episode. But yeah. hallelujah, not this time, Lizzie, not this time. And that was a great moment for me and for all of us here who, who sort of yell at the screen. And Joe Sanfilippo, I'm sure, was going nuts. FBI, WTF, <laughs> yeah. I'm Joe Sanfilippo, whatever he's doing. And <laughs> she was going nuts. But for them to sort of go back and address it, because that's something that we'd always see. Like, these one of those weird sort of plot devices you'll see on, on, a, on, a, on a TV show that you're kind of used to. You know, like, oh, that old move. But they addressed it and they dealt with it, um, which I thought was fantastic. I'm, I'm actually surprised that she's technically in this show. Uh, for this episode, because of her relationship with Red at this point, it's it, the, her her bosses don't trust her. They right. they think she's still green, so she doesn't have the protection of Red that she's had in previous episodes, where they're like, where they kind of forgive her for her errors because they know that Red will only talk to her. But right now, because of the way the relationship is, they've they've. I'm I surprised thought, she's still working. I thought the same exact thing. Like, why are you there? Yeah, you you shouldn't be there. You're there for you're here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to work with Red, yeah. right? For Red, you know, and that's the 
only reason. There's no reason you should be called into this case. Yeah. Well, and th- then Red well, just why. happened to call in. Right. Well, I think that's why um, that's why they probably had to address that in, in the episode. Because if you create the situation where I'm done with Red, I mean, she's sort of there. She's already part of the team. Mm-hmm. She was there as part of the call. Well, she got called late. Yeah. She, she got called late. So we, we assume that that's why she was there. I mean, it's all hands on deck sort of thing. You know, mm-hmm. she's in she's in D.C. area. Uh and then, of course, like you said, Red happened to call her, which made her want to stay there. And, of course, later in the episode, jumping ahead, she sort of says, uh, you know, okay, well, we'll work together. Mm-hmm. And then maybe maybe ensuring her that she still has a job. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, otherwise, uh, I'm on the street. You know? <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got a remodel to pay for. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be, you know. Um, one, one thing I did like is that Red actually alluded to the sort of uh, incompetence of the FBI with that one line he said about uh, – I think it, I mean, tripped on a banana yeah, peel or something. Yeah, you top shelf. Let me guess, Russell slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a great line. I he had that, some really good. I know Joseph was like, yeah, time. you tell him. <laughs> so you know, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Well, uh, I want to. We'll, we'll 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 go over this in detail. We'll talk about like you know, um, uh, Frederick Barnes and some of the. Get, unpack the plot a little bit but before that i do want to thank you guys all for joining us on itunes as always if you're downloading us on itunes and listening to us right now thank you very much you do not see me spill uh you know drinks all over myself which is great you missed a good show which is fantastic uh but <laughs> it's already a list it's already top quality I, 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 I really, for me. it never gets old really appreciate that but yeah. uh, uh we appreciate all we appreciate all your comments and all your downloads and thank you for making us the consistently the number Sort of two, sometimes one, but mostly two. We fluctuate. We're downloaded show here on Afterbuzz. I mean, it's hard to take down that juggernaut, which is Walking Dead. Oh yes, that, it is. That yeah, Nando's involved. With. Yeah, I was gonna say those hosts are pretty good in Walking Dead. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons. Why I mean, I Nando, you're very popular. One, one of the hosts in particular, probably. right? When, yeah. You know, Walking Dead does sort of, uh, you know, when take down, gobble up book. everything in pop culture, yeah. and everything in media. <laughs> Walking Dead sort of consumes it. So, I, it's, I'll, I'm happy with being number two to Walking Dead, and to you, Nando. Oh, thanks, man. Right. <laughs> Thank you for gracing us with. And your don't Homeland. Homeland sometimes does it too. I, I, I just, oh. Let's talk about all my shows. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about you. This is my segment. This right no is my segment. This is your resume. Uh, but anyway, thank you for for downloading. Thank you for rating us. We appreciate all of your ratings. We had one rating I actually love all my babies. from um yeah. uh, from someone who who loved our show, gave us this glowing review, but then only gave us four stars. What do we have to do to get that fifth star from this person? I don't know. Like I'm I love the show. Of, we'll you up. guys are great. This was great. Thank you so much. I love you. Four stars. <sighs> like oh. Uh, but we'll take knife it. Knife to the heart. I, but thank you this so person, much. He's a tough character. He's a, he's you a tough really got to like wow yeah, him. No, I'm going to try. Like gonna, fireworks. Yeah. He needs fireworks. I don't know what's going to happen. You need to take off your shirt. For That's where Joe stars. is actually. No, no Joe's, Joe's actually no, going to his place <laughs> to give him a little. Me? No. Yeah, no, you need to. No, no, right? no, no, no. It's okay. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. For the people guys. on iTunes, yes, I took off my shirt. <laughs> for the people on YouTube, I'm not taking off my shirt. I'm not taking off my shirt. All right. So thank you for listening on YouTube as well and watching us on YouTube and commenting. Please continue to do so, all of our all of our people who love us on there and love the show, because we will continue to recap. All right. So. Frederick Barnes, blacklister number, what was he, number 47? 47. Okay, number 47. Yeah. So, what is, do we ever just figure out what the ranking is? I was gonna ask that. Of the blacklisters, if he's the most dangerous people or this, I mean, like, because they, they, they list it as if there's an actual list. Here are the people on the list. Yeah, but it's obviously a list that only Spader, that only Red knows. Right. Or Red Red's people know. I mean, do you think this is something that will be revealed later? Like, what is this master list is? Or is this just a sort of an... Affi- do they have, like, a printed out copy of it? No, yeah, I don't... That, this is the thing. Like, is it, like, tacked on the wall? Here's I mean, my blacklist. Clearly, you know, John Bolkenkamp and the gang want us to know that these are the numbers of these yeah. people on the list. And they, and, they, and they seem to be in random order. So I wonder if that'll ever have any kind of... Resolution. I don't think that. there's anything random. Is it a most wanted list. list or is it just a random list? Yeah, exactly. well, yeah, it's it's Red's I'm list. I'm guessing number one. Well, I'm, I'm guessing the day that we see number one is going to be a major player. So it'll, yeah, it'll, I think it'll it's be like most wanted. His, his, his it'll be it'll be his adversary, adversary. his right. white whale. Yes, yeah. pretty much. So yeah. So anyway, so number forty-seven. Uh, he so Nando. I mean, I don't know. Tell me a little bit about Barnes Nando because I feel like again he didn't look that threatening. It, although that first scene, our opening sequence where we see him do his thing was very chilling. Yeah. Because he is that sort of like banker, Wall Street, suburban dad looking guy. And he has that conversation, nice exchange with a nice lady on the subway. And then he leaves and sort of watches her and presses the button and knows that he kills all those people. And seems yeah. to be very emotionless about it. Let me just say. That was pretty chilling. Let me just say, first of all, the stakes were so high. 
Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been complaining about the stakes with some of these characters, but I mean, nothing oh. as a former, as a New Yorker who lives in LA right now, but still considers myself at heart a New Yorker. You guys always no do. worse situation, no worse nightmare than something like that happening on a subway train. Yeah. No worse nightmare yeah. than chemical warfare on, I mean, that is a terrorist attack right then and there. Yeah. And, and just the way he did it, that really innocent conversation he had with that girl where she's admiring his chapeau. Mm-hmm. Which you have a similar one, actually. Uh, his chapeau, and then that you wear sometimes. Okay. His little hat. Yeah. That's a hat for French. I, no, I, I know what that chapeau Got it. is. Okay. Just making sure. And just, she's talking about going to church with her dad, you know, and right. then she leaves, he leaves the briefcase, and she's good Samaritan mm-hmm. running up to do it, and he's just like cold stare. And the click. train goes and click. And 37 people, I believe, were, mm-hmm. uh, were killed in that. Huge stakes. Amazing. Yeah. And heartless. Heartless killer from the start. Yeah. Uh, even with the suburban, even with whatever you want to call it, look. Uh, you know, and um, and then, of course, uh, kudos on, uh, I guess, first of all, that did not look like a Washington, D.C. train. I might be wrong. That looked more like a New York train. Yeah, it did. Not, it did so I call, I call a little, I call <laughs> like an old New York train. The trains right. in New York are a little more uh, improved since then, but it doesn't have that typical D.C. system. But, sure. Uh, anyway, so. Technical um, advisor, uh, Nando Velasquez. Hey, I'm sorry. As a New Yorker, I'm going to call that out. <laughs> okay. Uh, but again, huge stakes. And. This guy obviously huge for that, and just the, the things that uh, that pretty much that were said. I mean, let's see that uh, that Red was talking about this guy. I, I mean, he's a savant of government sanctioned mass killing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he has uh, the tools and the know how to kill thousands and thousands of people all at once. He's never been the delivery agent of his own weapons, so his motives unclear. So not even worse, yeah. his motives at least at the start are completely unclear. Yes. He's quite literally the most dangerous man in the whole world, and he's only number forty seven on yeah. this list. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so amazing, awesome. I mean, this guy. The one thing about him, and I think he played it really. And I unfortunately my iPad's working really slow. I just watched the episode. I want to pull up the name of the actor. It's not coming oh, on IMDb. I have it. it is uh, Robert Sean Leonard. Robert Sean Leonard from Dead Poets Society. Oh, okay. Loved oh, he looked that. yeah, he yeah. looked really House. familiar. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, for covering me on that. Thanks for getting I'm my here back. For you now. Somebody this knows This is what something. happens when you sit next to yes. me on this side of the table. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <surprised>. <laughs> I thought considering I'm sitting next to you, I thought I'd just be singing a lot and right. saying random jokes. Now, oh. <laughs> I'm shots fired. Shots fired at Joseph Lippo. <laughs> I'm doing everybody at once. Um, I'm, I'm on a roll because I love this guy. I, I mean, he's a scientist turned into all of a sudden a delivery agent of his own weapons. So he's not the smartest at this. Right. Because he got identified almost right away by uh, by security cameras and everything. So sure. he wasn't as smooth. So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, also, what I loved about this is we found out his motive. Yep. And it was actually a pretty noble Motive not worth killing all these people in, right. in both areas, but a pretty noble motive in the sense that he was trying to rescue his son. Just very, he, you know what? He in a way was a corporate terrorist right. because who's going to profit from this besides uh, him and his son? Is whatever corporation ends up backing up the the cure for this? That was the yeah. one interesting thing. I might be jumping ahead here toward the end when they said, "Oh, what do we do with the cure? Oh, we're just going to bring it to the, the viable options." I'm like, right. "Oh yeah, so yeah. some pharmaceutical company make tons of money off sure. of this." Yeah, I think that that was the, the sort of the bitter irony. It's one thing I did like about I'm sorry, one thing I like about this episode. I like the episode, but what, what was, was very interesting with this episode is the way they sort of toyed with the the morality sort of back and forth mm-hmm. of and motivations of people. In other words, we have this guy who's this blacklister who's clearly one of the most dangerous men doing some heinous acts, really like you know the worst thing. Like I said, you know, taking out you know tons of people. At, at a time with chemical agents, and then we find out his motivations are not to commit mass murder and not to kill people, but to figure out a way to help his son. Yeah, which is like, oh, well, he's a bad guy, but he's not so bad because he just wants to help his son. But oh, you know, it's that. And then he's a bad guy who killed over fifty right. something people in this episode, exactly. Right? <laughs> and then you have you have Lizzie, who you know is faced with like you know making a choice whether to let this guy go or maybe having other hundreds of people die makes the wrong choice, mm-hmm. but then when given the fact that she can save this one young boy potentially, or shoot this guy dead, mm. she shoots him. The kid dies, but oh well, at least there's one less terrorist in the world. I mean, it's a weird sort of like, you know, I feel like in this instance, like, you know, her motivation, she's doing the right, she feels like she did the wrong thing for the right reasons, Yeah, he's trying to do the right thing for the wrong well, she's reasons. She's still green. She's incredibly, like she's incredibly green herself. And yeah, there right. is a little, I think there is a little comparison with the two of them. And then, uh, one thing that surprised me, uh, and first of all, I looked up the name of, um, 
Mrs. Forrester, the, yeah. the, the person that he had an affair with. And she, yeah, she, uh, Amy Hargraves, she's also Maggie Matheson right. on Home oh, Life. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. We were talking about that before good. the show. I just want to say, call. yeah, good call on that. So anyway. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. I thought it was interesting that I, I get that he just killed all these people, <laughs> but that she wouldn't try and let him save her. So I guess the cure was still experimental, so the son, her son could die either yeah. way. But I just thought that reaction was a little bit odd for a mother having a, a, a child with a debilitating disease like that that yeah. will probably die within five years based yeah. on the timeline that they were talking about. I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 did, I did have to sort of laugh out loud when uh, Lizzie had the gun drawn on him and says, I will not let you put that thing in his neck. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know that I was jumping up and down. I was like, really? Oh, like, almost really? had it. I'm like, oh, no. It's well, right there. And it's the one consistent throughout this entire show. I mean, Somebody always gets stabbed in the neck with something. Well, we're we're, we're, two, we're uh, five for seven yeah. on, on objects, sharp objects being put in someone's neck. I think this should count because it was just about to but happen. They, it was just about just to happen. About to, so this, we'll go five and a half <laughs> for seven episodes. I'll say five and a half out they of seven. They mentioned it by name. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is going to go right in his neck. <laughs> this sharp object. You know I was dying during that. I feel that. like I need to go back and watch Wu Jing or whatever that was and, and see if there was a sharp object There in the must neck. have been at some point. We must have, we Just must in have the background. Must have we we must have missed it. At this point, the writers are thinking, yeah, we're doing this a lot. Let's keep doing it. Right. <laughs> or let's tease it. Let's tease it. Well, so the, but again, I just loved – I just loved – just in a nutshell, I mean, I really loved – seeing this episode. And, and you know what I liked about it too? It, again, it was a nice little package. A lot of the extra stuff that I know we're going to talk about happened in the last eight to ten minutes. So yep. really someone who is watching Blacklist for the first time can really just enjoy this yep. and then catch up with the rest of the stuff too. Sure. But uh, but yeah, I mean, again, as a New Yorker, worst nightmare. Just to yeah. seeing seeing I mean, this terrorism at work. So, you're right, because subways are you know sort of claustrophobic in general, just mm-hmm. being a subway station is a claustrophobic feeling, yeah. being on the subway is a very claustrophobic feeling. And then, yeah, that's uh, I get nervous when people sneeze on the subway. So, there you go. You know, let alone. <laughs> you know, I'm like, ah! You know. so, <laughs> and that's know. that's what probably the most innocent thing that can happen on a subway. Yeah, exactly. So, so there you go. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so where does, where does he, I mean, where, where does he rank in terms of our blacklist but our own See, unofficial blacklist power rankings that's the only room. other thing that i don't get because again he's not a major uh, i mean, I mean though, amongst us i mean where do we think i mean where do, how do you think he ranks amongst the obviously the stew maker is number one yeah so far in terms like, of scariest like our oh, scariest our scariest or most evil or our personal favorite blacklist yeah, the blackiest blacklister well yeah stew maker i think he's right. i think he's the most dangerous just because again this this is the first person who actually has the tools and the know-how to to mass murder tons of people chemical warfare like yeah. you know inconspicuously I mean he's not as badass as uh, Wu Jing or um, or Zanatakos or Zanatakos and uh, yeah not as creepy as the stew maker absolutely right. or or even the courier with his uh, special abilities like oh, his yeah. badass special abilities oh the courier's oh, yeah, up the there courier. too yeah. yeah he's behind the stew maker for me I right. mean the one thing that makes him a little bit weaker is that he was a scientist who all of a sudden decided to start experimenting really right. what we found out this wasn't terrorism this was more of an experimenting to try experiment. and find which I, again, I loved where this went. Yeah, that he was just looking for a subject that would be immune to right. to find a cure. I, I love I love that aspect of it, and it makes perfect sense. A random pool of people going to places where there was a random pool of people to, sure. to choose from. So sure, again, well, top bottom. I love it. I'll, let's let's talk about Lizzie a little bit because I think that you know. Uh, I mean, we, 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 you know, we, we touched on it earlier. So we have her back in the FBI. And mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to unpack this. I'm saying all this out loud, not because I have a plan, because I'm trying to figure it out myself. So she's back in the, if she's back in the FBI, uh, she gets the call from Wrestler. So mm-hmm. we have yes. a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming because, you know, there's a finite amount of FBI agents in the, you know, great, in a greater suburban. Well, this is a major terrorist attack, as right. far as they're concerned. So it's all hands on deck. Probably all hands on deck. herself, and yeah. so she's going to go in. But again, she had to wait till it gets on the TV screens to, right. to get called in. So, well, you know. Yeah. And, and so, so she gets there, she's on, she, she's on the case, which mm-hmm. is, which is completely fine. Red also finds out about it and, and, and lets her know, right? And yeah. then she's, what I still, I, this whole sort of like, you know, I don't know, I just, I still am not buying this. I'm glad they resolved this at the end, but does her whole reluctance to sort of believe Red, trust Red, angry at Red, I get that she is upset at him because she thinks he framed her husband. Mm-hmm. I get that she doesn't trust him, blah, blah, blah. But from episode one, Red's done nothing but deliver. I mean, he's delivered in ways that, like, I don't know what. I mean, he killed a couple of people along the way, but he's nothing but deliver. So I don't know why she's so hostile towards Red in terms of, like, he's, he, hey, I can help you. F you, Red. Like really? <laughs> like what is what has Red done but help you and then outwardly say that I protect you? One minute she wants to hold his hand, 
And the next minute, she's like, F you. Uh, this is what I don't understand about this dynamic. I think what makes her a really, <clears throat> excuse me, poor FBI agent is that she has a tendency to think with her heart instead of her head. And right. that's what the FBI and wrestler in particular is trying to drill out of her. Mm. Right. And I feel like Red is trying to reaffirm it right. in her. Um, so I, I, I think that's her struggle as an FBI agent. Yeah. She's think- constantly making choices with her heart, not her head, not mm. as an agent, not the way she was trained to do. And this is one of the characteristics of, 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 of this is one of the sort of the, this is the Lizzie uh, characteristic, right? Like her her sort of this, you know, um, emotionally driven. She's a profiler, so she's intellectual, but she also thinks with her heart and she's also very sensitive and, and vulnerable at the same time. This is kind of how she was set up in the pilot. So I guess this is a manifestation of what we've been set up for, but... I don't know. It just doesn't translate in, in the FBI. It doesn't I, work. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're getting some sort of resolution. I think they're doing, it looks like by this episode, these last two episodes are doing a good job of trying to sort of really sort of clean up her character in this way. Like, have the FBI sort of say, we don't really trust you and you're kind of a rookie, wrestlers particularly. And then this episode, have her make some mistakes and have her be called out on those mistakes. Have her sort of self-correct for mm-hmm. good or for bad by the end. And then have her make that uneasy deal with Red at the end of the episode, which is, look, we need you. And that was, for me, I was like, well, thank God. This guy's done nothing but friggin' help you. You know, now you're finally like, okay, I guess we need you. Gotta give him a little credit. It's taken her seven episodes to realize that Red's actually an asset. You know, it's like, you know, so, but, but yeah, so they, they, she doesn't, she does recognize that she needs him. Um, and, you know, uh, she still is sort of, well, the one thing I did get from this episode from Lizzie is that, um, it's very apparent to me that with her relationship with Tom, is definitely more heart than head. You know, I think that she is smart enough to know that something's not right. I think that she is, her instincts are telling her this is all wrong, but her heart doesn't want her to believe it. And wasn't that, it weird, wasn't it weird seeing the beginning when, when they had that very lovey-dovey scene, you know, looking at patterns on the wall? Yeah. Yeah. I almost forgot. Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot that, uh, that they could go that fast. I, I just felt like from last week's episode, there still would be right. some easiness. So it was really weird and uncomfortable seeing that scene too, because I think we all yeah. had the same misgivings about Tom. Yeah, and I was also uncomfortable seeing that last little, uh, the, the little ch- Chinese food scene at the end too. With the Ike, the lamp. Ike. Yeah. I like that. Ike the lamp, because the A was rubbed off or something. Uh, yeah, I like that. I don't know. Nice little, an, an who, ad. Who met his demise, didn't he? That's yeah, yeah. 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 the Ike and then his demise. Yeah. As, uh, that just, just you, me, and Ike. Yeah. I not guess. anymore. You know what? That I, was not sexy to me, by the way. I don't know. I, I, none of that, like, resonated with me in terms so of. So he got rid of all the furniture to do this big romantic moment? Is that what he did? He got rid of all the furniture except for Ike? No, I think it was part of the... I think because of like remodeling? Well, remodeling. But yeah, yeah, he got rid of all the furniture. And, you know, she right. was wondering where it was. And he was recreating yeah. their, their first night there. You know what I, What vibe I got? It was kind of weird. But you saw, like, there was plastic on the fireplace. And there was plastic on the door. Oh, and no. it was completely... Don't, don't, don't no! give me any Dexter. No, but I got... goes back to Dexter for I got that little bit of a vibe out of it. I don't know. It You're going to say Dexter, weren't you? I got that little bit of a vibe, like a kill room that's been cleaned up a lot. And they've left some plastic here and there. I don't know. Yeah. No, I just I just got that. And if we don't talk about Dexter, we should talk about David Zayans being the guest star of this episode sure, too. Sure, sure. Uh, Batista uh, yes. being a criminal. But anyway, uh, I'm digressing myself. Uh-huh. But uh, into Dexterland. But uh, I just thought that Dexter was kind of interesting. I thought that was yeah, Dexterland is a place. <laughs> I just a magical place. Over under when Nano's going to bring up Dexter every <laughs> podcast. <laughs> He's going to bring up Dexter. He's going to take shots at the following. I've done at least two or three times. I haven't done following it um, or Breaking Bad. I don't do shots at Breaking Bad, but uh, anyway. So what was I saying? Yeah. So I just I just got that vibe, and also I thought it was a really interesting scene to have a clean house right before Red approaches his house. Sure. Too. I thought that was a really nice uh, uh, button to have yeah. those two scenes next to each other. I'm just you know I I have to you know, hold it down for my man Flippo, but I'm just like so not on board with Tom in any way, shape, or form. Not 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 only as a character, but as a like as as a, uh, I think he's a super dirty super spy. We don't trust him. A lot of our YouTube commenters agree that mm-hmm. you know he's uh, he's no good. But he's like a freaking you know he's like a J- take it easy, Julia. I, don't, I don't, didn't don't, say don't dag- anything. Don't, don't dagger I mean. Just, uh, I know you love him. <laughs> no, but I, I just you know he's like a J Crew catalog or something. Like he's just sitting there with his like. No shoes, and he's sitting there eating this Chinese food, and like I just I don't know I don't like the guy, and may- maybe I'm just jealous. Are you saying he's too good to be true? Maybe <laughs> he's too dreamy. He's just he's just too dreamy. Maybe I'm just jealous. Maybe I need me a sensible sweater, and <laughs> be barefoot, eating some Chinese food, and, <laughs> with Ike, <laughs> with Ike, and then when it's time to get busy, I'll just kick Ike down. 
I don't know. And anyway, yeah. So Tom, I, you know, I, but my, my original point was I think that Lizzie's definitely more heart than head on this one. I think that mm. you know Red alluded to that in, the, in their conversation when she when you know, I think he had a very very uh, good line when he said I think that um, you know what you know he says I'm here I'm here for a reason he says I'm here because you want to answer the questions that you haven't thought of yet and and you know he says and when, when related to um, Tom she says he says to her. Uh, you know, you're, I'm not worried about you and your husband. Your husband's bad. You're gonna find that out on your own. Hmm. But there's other stuff you need to know as well. Almost like a the, the husband thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that'll come out. That's a given. Hmm. But here's other stuff that you really need to know about, which I thought was kind of cool of him to do that too. Yeah, I don't know. Um, um I just feel like that I, it, it'll be really interesting to see when Tom does turn, when the truth is revealed, how this affects Lizzie's character. I would like to see some sort of really hard growth in her character. I'd like to see her because we have her being this. At least for this half of the season, the sort of wide-eyed, idealistic, hard on her sleeve, but you know, um, sort of FBI, you know, rookie. And at some point, she's gonna have to make that turn into like, okay, not grizzled veteran, but just like, you know, I made some mistakes. Especially if Tom turns out to be dirty, hmm. and make a hard turn into like the harsh realities of what this job is. You know, that that's kind of what I think and hope will happen with her. But I start know. thinking with her head. Yes, unlike you, like. <laughs> Like you, you're right with her. You're right with your heart's on your sleeve. <laughs> Did you see he the Chinese food? But the Chinese food, and Chinese I, food. guys, I. It's so romantic. He picked a I, color. He named it. Uh, uh, Grandma's pumpkin. Uh, he picked the color. Grandma's pumpkin. Yes, uh, that's lovely. <laughs> Grandma's pumpkin. That's adorable. I don't know. Anyway, so let's let's let's. let's what about red, Julia? Let's, we had a lot a lot of good red stuff. A this lot week. of good red this week. Um, I would say that if if any episode were to reaffirm what an incredible actor James Spader is, this is it. Yeah, we, he did some stuff. We saw so many different facets of his character in in this week, and so many different uh, levels that I thought were just absolutely genius. And he moves through them so seamlessly. I thought, you know, James good. Spader is good at acting. He is a very good actor. Yes. He is good at He's acting. Good at that acting thing. Um I I love seeing Red move through his his super uber criminal world too. Mm-hmm. I get such a kick out of that because it's so it's I've you know grown you know pretty fond of this character oh, yeah, of Red it's, it's of effortless. the character of Red, his criminal character. Sure. And I we talked about this a few episodes ago on the Stewmaker episode that we start to see another side of him that maybe this red character is a character to him, to yeah. Ray Reddington. Sure. Um, and I was sort of gearing up for another, in the beginning I was gearing up for another uh, like quippy episode with pop mm-hmm. collars and hats yep. and his first phone call. It was it cracked me up. You're a winter, not a fall. Stop wearing olive. Like, what, yes. what are you talking about? This is amazing. Yeah. But um, quite quickly we started to see... These, like, like we always say, but these layers being pulled back and starting to learn a little bit of his backstory. We learned a lot of his backstory. I feel today with mm. with the house, with the daughter. I'm I you am assuming is his girl. daughter, and a lot of it was on Spader's face. So much of it, like mm. that. They would, like, we, so we learned a lot about Red, but we learned it through the expressions on his face. We saw some, with the exception of that that one episode where uh, the Stewmaker episode, when he was really trying to find Lizzie and he was a little concerned. Exactly. Uh, we we actually really see some some emotion there. We see so much so much this that smug confidence we talk about, and uh, <clears throat> so much of like you know the, the way he moves through this criminal world with such ease, and he's making comments about how's your brother, mm-hmm. and oh, does your mother still make that lovely you know all that stuff, but. In that, well, we saw him at the end when he's thinking about what this place was without any sort of reveal at all. Nope. The look on his face told you all you to know. Yeah. Right? Like some shit went down in that house and his heart's broken. I also like that it's sort of revealed that he he has a finite amount of patience for Lizzie right now, I feel like. Yeah. You know, with that one line, I'm not a gumball machine. You can't turn oh, the God. handle and get a treat. Yeah. I was like, thank you. Thank right. you. You know, exactly. you're doing her this great service. Thank I you. know you have your own uh, agenda behind it, but... Yeah. Come on. And Lizzie needs I, that. As, as I said, it. I'm sick of Lizzie. She got a little smackdown. Yeah, I'm sick of her being like, ends. look, Red, what are you doing? Like, like, her whole attitude towards Red is like, you know. I just loved, I loved the banter. I loved the um, the waltz that they did. It really was a dance. Yeah. And and if you even just think, like, the first the first time Red uh, uh, shows up, he had to call a helpline. 
and he had i mean yeah. his lines were so freaking awesome uh well just his usual jokes like you're winter not an autumn stop wearing olive sure. and then and then he's Still like love it. you're Great. not the Great one line. so good you're not the one who had to listen to that god awful hold music for yeah. seven minutes he had to hold for seven minutes and listen to something comparable to san filippo singing right. for seven yeah. minutes not that bad not that bad okay yeah. uh <laughs> whatever it was i'm sure it was i just bad. like digging on him when he's not here yeah uh <laughs> I love you, Joe. And, uh, and just lines like that, which, and of course the gumball machine. Yeah. And, and not only that, like he, he's willing to hold for seven minutes. This is Red Reddington we're talking about. This is Red Reddington on hold for seven minutes on a government line, on a tip line. Yeah. And then he says his piece and says, I'm going to hang out now. Pretty much, and he hung up on her twice yeah. this episode. Yeah. He's like, "If you need me, great. If not, I, I got other things to do." Yeah. Well, he even said to her, "I'm not going to." At the very end, I'm not going to. What did he say? I'm not going to beg you to allow me the privilege of helping you. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Like, this is back back to my I'm like, get her. Right. This, this is my frustration of like, Lizzie needs to wake up. Seven episodes of this guy helping her out. I need I need someone to say, "Look, Lizzie, wake up. Mm. This guy is not." And you think she would realize if he's helping her so much uh, on the professional side? Yeah. He's got to be helping her on the personal side. I know she says, "Get out of my personal life." Yeah. That's her thinking with her stupid heart, not yeah. with her stupid but head. But he's still playing yeah. her. But he's he, of let's face he's it, playing he's her, playing her. But he's not lying to her. Oh, right. So why would he be lying to her about Tom? Mm-hmm. I know that I love Tom because he's cute, but yeah. I don't. I don't think he's. Uh, on the up and up I'm not saying he's a good guy or a bad guy but I don't believe he's on the up and up and she needs to realize that and he's telling her Well, I mean, I, let, don't unpack that, Nando. Do you, do you, do you think he's really playing her? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, on one hand, how, how, look, he, on one hand, this is Red, how we love Red, or even Spader, how we love Spader, with the banter playing around. But yeah. his intention is clear. He is, he wants to get this blacklist no matter what, and he's pretty much just, you know, she, he's almost in a way kind of like uh, what Barnes was doing with, uh, with, with Lizzie. You know, he's got a gun to someone's head, and he's, and he's trying to see if she's going to call his bluff. Or whether or not he's bluffing or not. Call him right. out. And he pretty much did that twice. He said, I, if you don't need me, I'm going to leave. Yeah. I even think, uh, honestly, I even think the house was a metaphor for that because you saw how sentimental he was in there. He, he called, he said it was a lovely house once. He's sure. looking, he's reminiscing. And then he blows the damn thing up. It, yeah. It's almost kind of like, look, I'm here, I'm here for, for good reasons, but I've just as soon get rid of him. Get I wanna, rid I wanna, of it all and move on. I want to talk you know, a little more about that house in a second, okay. right? Because I really want to get into that whole scene. Yeah. So that was really, like we said, told, said a lot without saying a lot. But, yeah. um, but, but going back to, uh, he, you know, he also mentioned his, you know, that scene with Lizzie at the end. He's like, she's like, well, you have the chip in your neck. He's like, you know, do you really think Loved that the, the yeah. chip in my neck? I'm red it's my job. It tip. It's my job to get yeah. people disappear. He's like, seconds. Eh. It's a package I offer to my clients. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I, you think I can't be gone if I don't be gone? <laughs> and he, and he called don't forget the chip that he told them, right. the specific chip that he yeah. told them yeah. to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, say the word and I'm gone. Good, I'll see you next week. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, she's like, uh, uh, all right, I guess, I guess you're fine, Red. I also I like that they revealed take, in yeah. this episode that maybe it's not, and I know this, this does tie into the house, which we do need to talk about. We mm-hmm. are going to talk about, um, that it maybe for, for Red, it's not all about Lizzie. Which really, um, I mean, he says, he compares himself to Frederick Barnes saying someone who's willing to burn down the world, uh, to protect the one person that they care about. That's a man I understand. And she goes, are you talking about me? And he basically said, I forget what the line is, but he says, don't be so presumptuous. Right. It's not necessarily all about her. And we're learning that more and more. And the house was a huge reveal to me, at least. Mm. And seeing the little girl with the bubbles. I mean, yeah. this this goes way deeper than is he her daughter or not? Like that, we're yeah. way past that. Well, like it's done. Let's talk about the house for a second. Well, first of all, we have we have the return of uh, of Dimbay and Lou. Dimbay yeah. and, and Lou. What's this? Lou Lee. I think it's her name. Yeah. And what, I mean, like, I, I love his interactions with her when he gets in the limo. Yeah. He's sort of like on her shoulder, like you know, because they had like they make out or something. Because they're like they got little. She kissed him when they, they kissed when they first saw in each the pilot, other, didn't right? they? Yeah. yeah, like he gave uh, Dimbe a little European kiss and her like a, a nice, a nice uh, little a French, yeah, you know, kiss. Macaroo. Yeah. yeah. So I like uh, I like the idea of these two bodyguards who are his trusted, you know, people or aides, and and one of them he may or may not be sleeping with. I like the idea of that. That's kind of a cool little twist. But uh, yeah, like uh, so they're back, and you know, we hear, first hear about the offer, or whatever it is, or the the plan, or it's for sale, and then we see the reveal is that it's a house, and he paid double the asking price yeah. mm-hmm. in cash. You know, because he's oh, Red Reddington. Because he's Red Reddington, right? That's I mean, what just you do. To, to make sure that there's no you know stone unturned, and then um, 
you know, and so we see that it's, it's this house, like I said, in somewhere in suburban Maryland somewhere. Tacoma Park, Maryland. Tacoma Park. Okay, mm-hmm. well, there it is. So what, it's not Bethesda. But so, you know, somewhere. And so, um, yeah, he gets there and he sort of like, he takes his hat off and he puts it on the door and he's like checking things out and, and he says, I mean, well, you know, he says a few things in there. And like, he's pulling up feeling. boards. Yeah, and he's pulling up some boards to look underneath. Yeah, I mean, he, and he, you know, he sort of says, you know, this was, uh, when, when I think, I think Lou, Lou asked some, you know, a lot of memories here, right? He says, I raised my family in this house. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's lovely. No, it used to be lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, and, I just, and I spend every day trying to forget what happened here. You got it. Right. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, his face. God, he's so good. Yeah, what the I love James in that house? So he's off, you know, and he's staring in the distance, sort of a, a nice, sort of real uh, a smile meets sort of sadness mm-hmm. uh, as he is in that little trance thinking about his daughter, very reminiscent of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Inception, looking at his kids, I don't know if you know, mm-hmm. as, as, as the top spins, but. Um, Does it topple or does it not? Yes, who knows? Sorry, I'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> But uh, and I guess it's this weird thing. It feels a little bit like of a red herring that we're supposed to think that that's maybe Lizzie because she's a girl. But of course, it's we don't think it's Lizzie. Not, we don't think it's Lizzie. No. But we're supposed to think it might be. Or if it is Lizzie, maybe it's not his daughter. Maybe Lizzie was grew up there too. Or you know, I mean, who knows? Who knows? But I think that we're, we're are we supposed to think that that's Lizzie? I think in some in some weird way is that like a bit of a bit of a misdirect or is that a bit of a hint? What, what do you think happened there? I don't think it's Lizzie. I don't think it's Lizzie. I mean, her hair color was more blonde. Mm-hmm. So I don't think so. But again, right. we don't. But, I, but there's definite similarities. So if you look at uh, when he pulled the boards back and it was, uh, it was uh, you know, the, the tick marks of heights yep. that you, you check off on your children as yep. they grow up. The last one a on good, there. Good catch, by the way. Thank you, thank you. The last one said three years old. They only showed one child, so I'm assuming that was her, three uh-huh. years old, and um, whoa. Let's see. You're going deep dive. I, I did a little research. Look I was really you. thinking about this. I don't. I don't want this to see. I can never do predictions because I just blow it all during the podcast. No, good. I didn't miss that. So he pulled it up so, in the okay. last. So should I save it for predictions? No, I'm going to do it right now. Blow my watch. Good. Says uh, last year was three years old. Um, the girl in the picture from the stew maker mm-hmm. was from December 1990, mm-hmm. which is right around when Ray, when Red sort of defected from the FBI, correct? Uh, okay. Possibly. Okay. Possibly, yeah. So if you do the math, that would make that little girl around 26 years old, which is kind of around Lizzie's age. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. Which is also around the time of the stew maker's picture. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm piecing it together. It's What's... not quite fitting, but I feel like, like what you were talking about the other day. The, the... You know, Malcolm Gladwell says. Exactly. The puzzles. <laughs> the puzzle pieces. Right. That, I, it's the, the... all there. I feel like it's all there. I just don't know how to well, this connect is, it yet. This is kind of what I'm, this is what oh, I was talking about last week. My head might explode. No, you're doing a good job, <laughs> but this is kind of what I was talking about last week. I wonder if, you know, if, if John Bokenkamp, this is sort of a thing, if he's creating a puzzle for us to be able to, if all the clues are there and we'll be able to sort of piece this thing together, or if it's sort of a mystery, well, he, well, that, that we have to sort of guess because, you know, pieces aren't revealed yet. As he, as, uh, Red alluded to when he said, of course, there's, Answers to questions you haven't thought about asking yet. So, um, I feel like I need one of those walls in, in the Homeland Wall, the, the big board, wall with, need, with the big some board. string attached. <laughs> yes. things. We need, we need I need it. We need I the need big it. board. We need, can, we, can we set that yeah, up in here, guys? We need the big board. We'll start. We'll start making. We'll add that. a little bit yeah. Yeah. Board to this uh, to this monitor here. Uh, yeah, I, it's interesting. I, you know, I think that um, whatever. I mean, what, the question that you know, talk about questions that no one's asking yet is the question that no one's really asked or even answered or even asked is what happened to Red Reddington? Red Reddington was the most decorated, you know, you know, uh, highly decorated spy in history or whatever he was. And he gave his resume at the beginning in the pilot. And then he turned mysteriously turned and for whatever reason started going into business for himself and did a lot of Presumably heinous things, but maybe they were just sort of self-serving. We don't know. His, I don't know his resume and what he did or didn't do. Uh, but what happened to him? Like now we're beginning, there's, there's always one singular event, you know, sort of one ground zero event that happens that, that sort of changes the events of someone's life. 
uh, I'm beginning. We we're finding out, or maybe beginning to think that a that, that those events had to do with it, with whatever happened in that house. In that house, had to do with it with his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lizzie is somehow involved. Lizzie's father is somehow involved. Oh, that was a reveal. And you know, at, at, in, 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 the, in, uh, previews in the previews for next we'll week, talk about okay. that. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like that. I, I'm really more interested now in. What is this event? Like, am I interested? What is this event that turned red? I think that this is all leading to the thing that turned red and all leading to the person who's behind the thing that turned red. Because, obviously, this didn't just happen to him. His family, the events in his house didn't just happen. Something he happened. Targeted, targeted, I believe. Yeah, and, you know, and we, we the impression that Red Reddington is five steps ahead of everybody and everything. So, for someone to have the jump on him must be a super-duper <clears throat> crazy blacklister, which brings me to my ongoing prediction of he's blowing through this list to, to find the person that is the guy who ruined his life and made him do what he's doing. And maybe, maybe this is a big long-term sting operation to sort of go in the underworld to find the guy who did these heinous things, which is sort of you know, my prediction. But we'll see. We'll see about that. I don't know. But whatever the F it is, very interesting stuff. I'm interested in that's something I want to learn I want to know what happened to his wife. We never talk about his wife. We yeah. always focus on, is it his daughter? Is I'm it sure. not his daughter? Who's yep. the little girl? What about the wife, guys? Yeah. I need to know. Yeah. Wait, you Spader's wife or? or, or Spader's wife. Spader's Red's wife. wife. Well, no, Red's wife. Yeah, I think that we're, we're yeah, that, that's, well, that's something new. That's I, something I think, that I'm, I'm waiting to be revealed. Well, this is, this is. No what, one's alluded to it yet. I'm just, well, no, I'm think, dying to know. But, but after this episode, now we know. We see, we see Red as, because first of all, Red has just been this sort of like, you know, the super spy, this guy. We don't know his, his backstory. And now we see he comes and lived at this beautiful house in suburban Maryland. He had a family. It was once a beautiful place. We assume mm-hmm. that there was a wife involved in that family or something other. There's, a baby, there's a kid who, who you know, and so yeah, he had a life that we will now get to know about, and you know, he um, a life that he's trying to forget, you know, uh, as best he can. He's able to pay double the asking price just to be able to burn that place to the ground. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. This is can this I is say just real fast? Say those, uh, those explosives looked a little cheesy to me. Well, you know, you sorry. can't just it, you know. Come it, on, it, it, digitally, it's a lot I'm cheaper sorry. to do it, it digitally pre- it than it's to blow up a real house it, in suburban Maryland. I don't like it. It's all right. It kind of ruined it for me. I, you know, I knew it was coming, but you know, I don't know. Come on, and it was then. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Okay. They're, saving, they're saving the big explosions for something else. Yes, there you go. Um, it's just the house. So, and let's talk about these previews. So, we have the previews for next week, which is you know when we see uh, Lizzie's dad, and of course the NBC promos. And shout out to the NBC promo department, man. They they, they promo things like no other. Ever since the eighties, ever since like you know, ever since <laughs> Knight Rider. Like I just the NBC promo department. Remember is, the eighties? Remember the eighties, Joe? I barely, I barely when you do. were thirty? Yes, back when I was okay. thirty. <laughs> But I just, that's one of the things in the business that people talk about is NBC's promo department is, is like second to that. It always has been. And this week, even the, even the next week on, it's like, you know. I love those Bill Cosby promos. <laughs> Night Rider, man. Night Rider. ER. No. But think about that, the ER heyday, all those promos, like, next week, an ER you'll never forget. You know, you know. Doug Ross. You know, anyway. In an episode. No. But this week we get the, like, a blacklist episode that's going to change everything. And I freaking believe it. I'm like, oh my God, everything's going to change. Mm. So when we see the, anyway, we see the dad and we see Spader talking to the dad and the dad says something to the effect of what? Oh God. The he dad says, says uh, 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 she can't that... know the truth or something. Yeah, very, like, I'm going to have to tell her the truth. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And he says, yeah. you can't do that. Of course you can't. So, and we see everybody. We see, we see Tom, we see, and dad's uh, in a hospital. Dad's in the hospital. And I we think see that's it important. All. Uh, Spader's there. So we, we'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, uh, well, next week, I imagine. I'm really, uh, we, we'll talk about that in predictions. But what the hell? Anybody? What's that all about? <laughs> Mando? Like, uh, way to toss, way to toss the ball, know. coach. Way to toss the ball. <laughs> I'm like what? what what's what's with dad in the Chick- hospital bed? I chicken, don't know. chicken and egg me. Why don't you chicken, chicken egg me? Egg me. Chicken egg me, Nando. <laughs> chicken egg me. Well, to be completely honest, because I was watching it on Hulu, I did oh. not get to see. I, there was oh. a really quick commercial where I saw a, a split second or two of it, but because it, it was the commercials, I tuned out. I was like, "Oh no!" And you right. can't rewind commercials on Hulu. Sure. So, which, which, you know, what you would think? Thankfully, you would. Well, in a way, thankfully, but in a way, you think, oh, "Wow, commercial interest in me. I want to watch this product." You right. would think they would let you rewind one it shot, if you one have shot to. Only. Yeah. Right. 
Well, so whatever. So we'll see. That that, that was very a lot. It's a blacklist episode that will change everything. But I did see the dad, and I did see him <laughs> saying, "Don't tell him the truth." Yeah, I did yeah. see that part. Right. So that's interesting. That's kind and, of and a terrorist, part. and it said something about a terrorist attack. So it looks like the stakes are even getting higher. So yeah. I, I really like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're we're here. We're here at, at what we call uh, sweeps. You know, this is yeah, technically sweeps. We're, we're, we're here in sweeps house. So this is where. Uh, you know, where, where the eyeballs and the advertiser eyeballs are on mm-hmm. uh, us viewers to see what we're watching and how much we're watching. So this is generally where um, networks and shows put out their best episodes. So we're going to see, I, I feel like we'll see some fireworks and probably some better explosions and, and, and some other Sorry. stuff. So we'll <laughs> But looking forward to next week. But, uh, you, know, you know, as I talk through this episode, Nando, you're right. It was a great episode. See? It was good. Yeah. Okay, Vince, what it, was was really, it was a really good episode. Right? I loved yeah. it. Sometimes yeah, she, you gotta work it she, out. She's still working on it. Sometimes you gotta talk it out. <laughs> she's still My head thinking is still about exploding. it. Exploding, right? <laughs> like like the house. It was a, it like was a house. nice it was a nice meal. Okay, it was a satisfying meal. Okay, I'll take that. Okay, uh, what about any news and gossip? After Buzz TV News. I do have some news. Since, sure. uh, since we're lucky enough to do this the day after, we get to see ratings. Oh, and, uh, yeah. I ratings, did, I did look at those. Yeah, ratings, mm. uh, this, ratings this week were down all over the, uh, all over, all the we're networks. Across the board. Across the, the board. All that work. So, uh, put that into consideration, whatever reason. Maybe Daylight Savings Time had something to do with that. I yep. don't know. But, uh, so ratings went down, uh, it went down from a 3.1 to a 2.9. Mm-hmm. Which is okay, and and uh, actually the lead in the voice actually went down was uh, low too. It was their season low for both. Yeah, it dropped the so, voice dropped like two or three points, and then yeah. Blacklist dropped two points, and, a few more points. And the after voice that. is a juggernaut. I mean, so I feel like that's across the board. Everyone's ratings drop. Maybe it's daylight savings time. Yeah, no one, and and NBC was still the number one network. So even with the ratings going down, NBC was still the most watched network yeah. last night. And so, Blacklist still, you know, is number one among eighteen forty nine. And so. Blacklist yeah. is still doing phenomenal. Right. You gotta you gotta appreciate that. Right. So uh, you definitely gotta love that. Uh, I would love to do what we call tickety tickety, but my as I said earlier, my iPad. I don't know what's going on with the oh. Wi-Fi here. My no. iPad is not working. I've been I've been on a holding like a you know umbrella thing for the whole time. Oh no, and I, did, so, I didn't prepare. I didn't prepare. To I should no. I should have mentioned it. I, we love to mention. Uh, we love to call you guys out and say. And you also sent me some email too. You had some stuff, I think, right too. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. There's just there's a couple of stories that that, that I couldn't. Out. I can't load up because I don't know what's going on. It's, it's like yeah, being you very. Tell your story. I'll see if I can. Yeah. Pull it up for you. Yeah, if you can. Uh, well, a lot, lot. You know, a lot of. Uh, uh, this week, a lot of blacklist was was in the news a lot. Um, we had first we had James Bader, and I didn't bring it with me. Was on the cover of TV Guide, mm-hmm. which is great in a in a lovely blue fedora and a blue vest, a very colorful mm-hmm. look for uh, for Red. Maybe in honor of his trip to Cuba or something. I don't know. <laughs> it was Miami, <laughs> his Miami digs. But uh, yeah, talked about uh, some of the, some of the secrets of the blacklist, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I invite you guys to check that out. Um, and I think that this week there was an interview on Vulture with uh, with Tom. Who? Yeah, Tom. Uh, <laughs> who talked about? <laughs> Julie, you haven't seen that one yet. What's up oh, with that? Oh, I read it. I'm all over it. Please, uh, okay. there, there was some, there was some teases <laughs> there, right? There's some teases there about sort of his his scenes with Spader and his 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 first scene with Spader and how he said it was one of the hardest things he's ever had to do in acting, and I think it had to do with just you know. Uh, Spader being Spader, yeah, and it's got to uh, be intimidating. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it, it's Steph from Pretty in Pink for all. That's, 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 I thought I know, I know. <laughs> I just know. that alone, you know, we're gonna go shoot some trap or what? That's that's one of my other favorite lines <laughs> from Pretty in Pink <laughs> with this big jacket. Mm. You're gonna this shoot some coat. trap, yeah. As if that's what the suburban kids in Chicago do is shoot trap. But um, anyway, so yeah, so that so that happened. So uh, Spader and and Tom. So we we can't expect to see something happen between Spader and Tom, and uh, maybe it'll be next week because Ooh, I hope, I those hope. those scenes were shot and and made uh, Tom. What's my man's name? Ryan Eggold. Ryan Eggold, very very nervous. So, uh, but he did say he was very generous, and it was just a highlight of his. I don't know if he said. I mean, I, he didn't sure. say that. I just made that up. I would imagine it's. it's uh, let's check it out. It's on, it's on Vulture.com. You can check that out. Generous actor. Yeah, let's check that out on Vulture. Uh, what do you have there, Nada? Okay, so I have at least some of them. Uh, luckily, Julia's uh, iPad works better than mine on this Wi-Fi. It's I don't know why. Because it's the so, oldest iPad known to man. I know it's so heavy. It's, <laughs> it's such so a heavy old. iPad. You need anyway, an update. but you know what? Sometimes old is good. Uh, right, Joe Braswell? Yes. Oh. Okay. Uh, so it's good. <laughs> From iTunes, we got TT uh, Lolo five fifteen. TT Lolo, I love that. It's kind of cool. It's got the numbers and it's got the numbers and the letters in it. So right. I like that. <laughs> what, what was that accent I did? I just did. Was that my Bill Cosby? I don't know who that was. The letters. The letters. Right, right. I don't know. Okay, TT Lolo. Okay, TT Lolo. We got nine zero two one zero Beauty. Uh, Brent William Henry, who's been posting a lot. L Seth sixty eight. 
X from the left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am Bozzy. Uh, Taylor S. We always see Taylor S. in there. Thank you very much. Lauren Lozazil. Taylor S. Uh, Kareen Bat- Balachowd. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I got that right. Uh, tickled. Probably not. Tickled Lady. Uh, Dave fifteen fifty five. He's another one that we see a lot of. Yes. Uh, Gepe seven. Uh, pronounce, and pronounce Gepe. Gepe. A Gepe. Maybe it's a Gepe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I do see one there that DC says Yami. they miss your beard, Joe. Oh, yes. Sorry. We definitely got that. Uh, Jacques girl three fourteen. Who who was sick of the taco jokes? I wrote to her. I was like, come on okay. back. We, 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 yeah, she's not on the show. All right. We, we're limiting our taco intake here. Okay. Uh, Rob. Robata uh, Sprinkles. Okay. Robotty Sprinkles. Nancy M. And I think I said Charmin. She, she posted again. Charmin. Yeah. Pronounced Charmin. So. Charmin. Thank you all, please. Thank you all for listening. Please and if I butchered your comment. name, yeah, comment and let us know that we butchered your name. There's a 100% <laughs> chance that you butchered like 90% of those names. It's a 100% chance. It's <laughs> the internet. It's okay. <laughs> you can't just have normal names. It's, it's quite all right. Yeah. Shout out to all of you. <laughs> you, know, let, let's, you, you need a phonetic spelling for your names on YouTube or yes. in, in iTunes. Otherwise, we're going to F it up. We'll, we'll come back. I can't even say John. Bulking camp. I can't even say that. <laughs> no, there you go. So. You say it differently every time. Yes, just exactly. to cover your yes. bases. No, I like I, that. I've been practicing. Okay, let's feel, free to, feel free to edit. Like every time he says a name differently, we should have just have uh, a clip of you butchering name every week. Yes, yes. totally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go to predictions. <laughs> and now you're after Buzz TV. What was that? He right. has the biggest sigh. Okay, I'm going to start this week. Actually, ooh. Uh, my prediction is I'm going to ask Julia for her prediction. Julia, why are you sighing, Julia? <laughs> but you already had a prediction. You were going to give it away did. 20 minutes ago. No, but I kind of did. I was piecing it together. Okay, oh, uh, you it, want a prediction? You want a prediction, Joe? I would, I would like a prediction. I predict that Red, <laughs> shut up, that Red and Lizzie's dad are brothers. Boom. Red. Yeah, okay. Okay, I like that. I like that one. You like I, it? I like that That's one. one. I think I kind of, yeah, no, I, I think I kind of hinted at that myself uh, the week or two oh. before. No, no, no. <laughs> I think I kind of did, but I don't right. remember. I, I just, I just throw these things out yeah. and forget about them. Well, so. that's nicer than Flippo's like, water's wet. I'm not like, yeah. <laughs> water's wet, Julia. I'm not like some Hello, people. Prediction? I'm not like some people who hold every single prediction and like, I was right. Yes. Yeah. Who, if me? I'm ever no, right not you, except I'm thinking of someone else on After Buzz. Anyone who listens to Homeland knows what I'm talking about. I know. Uh, anyway, so, uh, <laughs> Anyone listens to Homeland Joe knows what I'm talking about. Shout out to... I'll say, oh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> she's not listening. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> My prediction is... You, you know, I just figured it out. You know why he's uh, going for all these middlemen? Why, why? why Red is trying to get rid of why all these middlemen? Nando? Because he wants to be the only game in town when his adversary comes calling. Oh. So he wants to set up his adversary by getting rid of everybody else. He he has his own business. He pretty much oh, competes. Man. He pretty much competes with most of these people technically. Right. So, so he's committing a, his own he's corporate espionage. He's yeah. eliminating the competition. He's eliminating the competition. He's his own corporate terrorist. He's he's profiting from getting rid of these people, but he's not doing this for evil purposes. He's doing this for revenge, but by this way by eliminating all these people that he's he'll, eliminating. He'll force this other super blacklister out of the shadows. To use him to use him as a conduit for whatever his evil purposes are and this is where Red gets his revenge. So that's my prediction. That's what this endgame is all about. Right. Getting rid of them, all the middlemen so that he's the most viable game in town. We do, and we do think and we do think and know that the blacklister, the super blacklister is coming now. We do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we do think that. Mm-hmm. Um, my prediction is that mm-hmm. uh, no, I, I, I predict that <laughs> we're going to get I, I think that we're going to get uh, we're, we're going to get into um uh, my man who we did not mention this week, Harold. Uh, I believe that we're going to get into some Harold backstory, uh, here. Probably not next episode, but the episode after that. They're going to really get into Harold and his backstory. I think that Harold will, um, is going to play a larger part uh, of this whole sort of plot than, than just being, you know, that guy that who guy. says a lot of stuff like this. That's all. That's what I think. That's a weak, horribly weak prediction, by the way. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know. I got we're used else. to it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Joe Sanfilippo is not here, but you can find him at josephsanfilippo.com. <laughs> or in Vegas. And on Twitter. Working out. Working out. Uh, Working out And Julia, where can we find you? Uh, find me on Twitter and on Instagram. My name, Julia Carely, J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y. Yes, Nando. Be my you- friend. 
<laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm so desperate. I know, they sound a little desperate. Uh, at, <laughs> at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. And as mentioned earlier, I do a couple other shows here, Walking Dead and Homeland in particular. Yes. Take a look at those. They're really awesome shows. The number one podcast. Number one and number three, I guess. They're, they're like, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, they're really good. And, and now you're I'm here blessed. with me. I'm blessed with you guys. Though. Um, I, I'm very happy to be with you, both of you guys. Thank and, you. And San Filippo when he's here. Well, maybe we'll be the number one podcast one day. We're number two right now. Maybe we'll be number one at some point. No more tacos. Uh, you can Taco find free. me. I'm Joe Braswell. You can find me at Joe K. Braswell on Twitter and on Instagram at Joe Braswell. Uh, and uh, all around other After Buzz podcasts. I do another podcast with uh, Nando, yes. a, a, a tech podcast on Black Hollywood Live. Geek, ne- uh, nerd Tech. Geek Nerd Tech. Nerds. Check that out. Um, it just launched. So we are nerds. <laughs> nerds. Uh, and uh, on Grant, Grantland Grant and some other places as well. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you for watching if you're watching it. Thank watching. Thank you for watching. watching. <laughs> I can't wait to see Marissa's video. We'll see you all next week. Thanks. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only. You do not necessarily. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.